Hey there, folks. Before we get into our 2019 Fall TV preview, I want to let you know about a few other podcasts I've been a part of recently that you might have missed. Uh, check out episode number 73 of Transformers University, where owner-operator Madman behind TFU.info, Anthony Brucalli, recaps the Marvel Comics adaptation of Transformers the Movie from 1986. I, uh, I chime in with some of my thoughts about issue number three, and share a vintage clip from Autopod Decepticast. Uh, uh, that's a whole lot of fun. I was also recently a guest during episode 84 of the Unfunny Nerd Tangent with Greg, Brian, and Caleb, also from the Autopod Decepticast, where we talked about Metallica, uh, kind of got into their history and legacy. And I have a very polarizing uh, take on one of the greatest metal albums of all time and other weirdly hot takes as well. And finally, I was a part of the ensemble voice cast for a recording of the second issue of Transformers Reanimated, along with Aaron and Ryan from the aforementioned Autopod Decepticats, along with writers Yoshi from Transmissions and Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent um, go back a couple few episodes to learn about Transformers Reanimated and their thoughts on the project. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, we uh, we actually recorded on my birthday, which was a huge blast, and I wasn't at all a uh, birthday diva. Uh, but I, uh, I got to play both uh, Shruggy Inferno and Paranoid uh, Red Alert, um, who are both kind of my new spirit guides. Uh, um, among others, and we kind of did it kind of like a real radio play, uh, just without any of the uh, production value. Um, anyway, you can go find all of those podcasts, Transformers University, Unfunny Nerd Tangent, Autopod Decepticast, and Transformers Reanimated, wherever you listen to your podcasts, including where you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio right now. And now, enjoy part one of our 2019 fall preview. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this all talk no shock and now from the emerald city of seattle it's the mike cybert radio podcast your home for pop culture transformers independent artists interviews transformers and stuff and things also sometimes transformers and now here he is the star of whiskey cavalier mike seibert thank you and welcome back to mike seibert radio i am your host this is your favorite Transformers adjacent pop culture podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And that spelling, as always, is S E I B E R T. And uh, for our new listeners, in no way affiliated with Sabertron. Dot com. I don't know where they get that pronunciation from that spelling, but uh, uh, no, I, I may be Transformers adjacent, but I am not the National Enquirer of uh, uh, Transformers gossip. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, welcome to our third annual fall TV preview extravaganza and joining us on this adventure as always into the boob tubes is our resident TV guru. He is the producer of the brand new Here For It podcast. Podcast and the producer of Mike Seibert Radio, Dave Sanders. Thank you for being here for it. 
Oh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and I see love what, I did what you've done there. <laughs> <laughs> real subtle, real subtle here real. on the Mike Seibert radios. <laughs> oh, yes. The subtlety <laughs> is strong with this show. Uh, thanks for having me back, Mike. I do appreciate it. Uh, for take two of this, uh, yeah. I think we should let uh, your listeners know what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was going to say, it's like, you know, uh, thanks for taking the time for joining me again uh to talk about the upcoming fall uh tv lineup we uh uh dave and i actually got together and recorded uh, a couple weeks ago and we uh we uh just had uh, um some technical challenges some def- technical difficulties and had to reschedule uh because we thought it would be better to instead of uh uh putting up uh, <laughs> that was a good one i'm glad you're recording on your side we gotta leave yes. that in now because now i've talked about it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh well i can't stop laughing well every podcast is somebody's first podcast anyway we uh um we uh we tried recording um a couple weeks ago kind of got part way into it and the technology was just not on our side so we've rescheduled and we'll have a um a a podcast for you in the fashion of just what you've listened to now <laughs> So, um, if this is your first podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I appreciate you. Uh, and yeah, now this is going to be a lot of fun. So basically we're going to, uh, talk about the upcoming fall TV season. Like we have for the past three years, we're going to, uh, kind of go on some tangents within tangents and probably maybe swear a little bit and maybe give some spoilers for, uh, for stuff from last season that, that really kind of resonated with us. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think we're, it's just going to be a fun conversation and and i'm i'm really excited to uh um to get into that um so i am going to kick it over to producer dave and basically we um if i remember correctly we are going to go by day and then by network is that correct that is correct mike uh yeah so we're gonna start at the uh the beginning of the week, question mark. Uh, some people say Sunday. Some people say Monday, depending on who you ask. I always thought Sunday because it's the first day on the calendar. So we'll start there. Uh, I want to start over on Fox, mainly because nothing much is changing. Um, the main changes on Fox on Sunday is flipping around sometimes. Uh, you got season, I think it's like 33 of The Simpsons coming on at 8 p.m. Then you got the only new show of the night on Fox, uh, Bless the Hearts which looks like uh, it, it's for the Southern crowd. Yeah. Uh, if, I cannot, if I can be a little vague, but not too vague. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll be even more provocative than that. Th- this, is, this is a cartoon for smelly Walmart people. Um, (laughs) and, and yeah, I just, um, I, I don't understand the appeal and I don't understand who this show is for in the year of our Lord, 2019. I mean, it's like it, uh, um, I don't know. It just, it, it reminds me of, um, kind of discount King of the Hill. It's like if I went to Kmart looking for King of the Hill and they're like, well, we don't have that, but we here, here's uh here's this. And you've got like, you know, here, here's a Kristen wig and a Maya Rudolph go away kid. It's the same thing. I just, I, right. I don't understand. Um, you know, I is, is, and, and, you know, continuing to kind of dip into, uh, perhaps controversy is this, I, I wonder, uh, simultaneously, is this for 
the Red Hat crowd, or think, oh. or potentially is it uh, lampooning and making fun of the Red Hat crowd? Why not both? Yeah, Let's go up in the chair and everybody celebrates. <laughs> yeah, see, but, and I, 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 oh, oof. I, I think it'll be like lampooning them, but I think it'll be in a way that they think. Uh, meaning they mean the Red Hat crowd will mm-hmm. think that, oh, it's tongue in cheek. We're not really like that. Ha 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 ha. But you are. I, I mean, that that's yeah. the approach I think it'll take. I, I'm not saying that these people are Red Hat people. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I, I think that's the approach that they're going to try and take. I don't see it lasting more than a season. Right. Because that that spot, that fourth slot on that Sunday night animation domination block has been cursed for years mm-hmm. nothing has been able to hold up with the simpsons family guy bob's burgers the last what six seven years now something like that yeah i mean i i don't know all, i should have written down all the uh the shows that have been on in that fourth uh random slot that moves oh. around every year <laughs> i mean we got rel that that's the last one that failed there there's been many other animation uh, shows that have failed horribly. I know the Orville was on there at one point. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But then they moved that to another night and saved it. Thank God. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, you have Simpsons, Bob Berger's Family Guy, and and those Simpsons the only is the only one that stays the same. It's always at eight o'clock. It's always the lead off into the animation block. And then Bob's Burgers and Family Guy this year have uh, flipped Bob's Burgers at nine, Family Guy at nine thirty, with Bless the Hearts met right in the middle. I don't know if that's good for Bob's Burgers because people are probably going to tune out from that uh, Bless the Hearts and not want to come back. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one. It's like, don't create a tune out. Exactly. Um, yeah, Bob's Burgers, like I said, at 9 o'clock. It's, what, their eighth season, ninth season, something like that. Um, and then Family Guy's coming back for season 15 or 16, whatever it is. I, I wrote down the seasons. I lost that paper. <laughs> oh, well. Um, NBC, we'll move over to there. We'll make a quick stop. It's just football for the fall. So they're covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS. Yeah. We'll, we'll go there next. <laughs> yes. You know, get your, uh, get your Geritol ready. And, you know, and I say that, uh, tongue firmly in cheek because, uh, if anybody has listened to any of our, uh, past TV, uh, related episodes, uh, I'm a huge CBS guy. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I am there for, all of those crappy procedurals. So, uh, so yeah, this is kind of my wheelhouse. <laughs> and of course, all shows should be Jack. But <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, but speaking of that, before we get too much into that, uh, I, I saw something uh, since the last time we tried to record this. Uh, there might be some more reunion on the uh, NCIS LA between the former Mac and the former Harm. Yes. On uh, on SLA, which will be at nine o'clock every Sunday on CBS, uh, I, it might encourage me to tune in a little bit. I mean, it's not Harm and Mac are different characters, but the, the dynamic's still there. I think. Well, and here's the thing, and and this is a this is kind of creating a weird continuity problem because, like in in the time since we recorded last, um, I, I I did some additional research, and yeah, no, they 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 show up and they are Harm and Mac. They're just at different parts in in their life. They're no longer together, and and yeah, so it's. It, oh. it, it really is. It really is a thing. I I was completely mistaken because oh. I because I didn't because okay, wa- <laughs> I didn't watch it. Yeah, 
I but, might now, if, especially if they like take over or something, take over the NCIS office in LA or something. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all good with incorporating Jack Jag characters back into NCIS because, uh, you know, um, you know, NCIS was a spinoff of Jag. And, you know, and then spawned the NCIS, you know, mini empire with uh, with the other shows that we'll uh, uh, we'll talk about a little bit as they come up uh, on the on the weekly calendar. But, yeah, you know, with with that extra bit of information, I may have to watch the at least the uh, uh, season premiere of NCIS Los Angeles just to see what's going on, because apparently there will be uh, vague further appearances. Yes, um, there will be. And that is at 9 o'clock, but we'll start uh, earlier in the night, 60 minutes, still on at 7. Uh, at 8 o'clock is the show that we both have said no to, and I'm still continuing to say no. I don't want God friending me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised this got picked up for a second <laughs> season, actually. Though it, lo- I, I, it, it looks like the the uh, lead character has upgraded his podcasting equipment because now oh. and now because uh, he appears to be using headphones now, <laughs> um, oh, which, which yeah. is great. That that was I think one of the biggest pet peeves, if I remember right, last year for the TV episode was the, in the spots he had no headphones on while recording his either radio show or podcast, whichever one it was. Yeah, well, because but, it, but, it it's trendy, you know. It's it, you know every well and here's the thing of it we all have podcasts i mean you know how how many of uh um you know you listening out there you've got a podcast right you know we've all got podcasts but uh but yeah no it's like there was a lot of things that i found very technically irksome and i get this way when i know something about something uh but yeah no headphones and his microphone is like you know a, a foot and a half away from him and and it's and it and it oh man i'm getting worked up now dave i'm getting worked up <laughs> um so i i guess the the character must be stinking rich because uh that uh um th- for his podcast which he now has headphones for he's talking into an re20 so, dude has a five hundred dollar microphone. So, I I don't know if he's just doing additional spots for bro cells or, um, you know, whatever other kind of uh, uh sponsorships. You know, may, maybe they're doing uh, sponsorships for the Jewel or something like that. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, it's um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But yeah, it's still <laughs> it's still irksome. Uh, you know, it's uh. I, I, I get frustrated sometimes when I know something about something and see it represented inaccurately on my television. But that's well, all I have to say to be, about that show. Still not going to watch it. Well, to be fair, uh, Mike, you, you know how he got that microphone, right? Uh, uh, doing spots for uh, Casper mattresses. Well, uh, God did friend him. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right, Dave. <laughs> Come on. It was there. You got but, me. Yeah, you got that's me. Gonna be- that's going to be on at 8 o'clock, followed by uh, NCIS LA. And then uh, I believe it's the final season of uh, your favorite show on this night on this channel, uh, Madame Secretary. Yes. And I. Is not a secretary anymore, apparently. Correct. Yeah. In the uh, uh, last episode, uh, Cliffhanger, uh, apparently, uh, uh, Taya Leone, and, uh, you know, she, she could call the Mike Seibert voicemail radio hotline anytime at, uh, 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 I don't remember the voicemail hotline number fuck dave i'm fucking this up i'm fucking this up 
I I feel so bad. I'm I must be like tired or something. I'm sorry. Oh, it um, happens. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? With individual tracks, though, this makes this so much easier. That's true. That's that. Yeah, that's that's. There fair. is that. I appreciate you making me feel better, but yeah. Um, uh, two, three, one, two, two, four. Oh, yeah. See, and I left that out of the intro. That's why it's so weird. Anyway, uh, sorry. I mean, I mean, it's an aesthetic thing. I, I understand. Like, I've had to like go back and re- re-record like an intro f- if I wasn't going to be on the show for a couple of the episodes of uh, Here for it. And it's like this feels weird. <laughs> I'm not doing any more than this. What the hell? So yeah, I can yeah. definitely understand yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So anyway. So uh. Yeah, man. And uh, and uh, Taya Leone can call the Mike Cybert Radio voicemail hotline anytime she likes at two three one two two four six four five three uh two three one two two four Mike. I uh we uh we like that show quite a bit. Um, she's great in it, and I guess in the in the uh, cliffhanger episode from last season. She uh, resigned as Secretary of State so that she can make a run for president, which I think is very uh, timely uh, given uh, what's going on in the current real-world climate. Um, and so, yeah, so that it's, it's going to be an interesting final season just to see how things uh, wrap up. Um, I like that that makes it a ending so that, like, you know, if she's um uh elected president then they don't have to rename the show to madam president and it just ends that way um or or whatever so well i kind of hope that that's the like end scene is like the the madam secretary logo but with president instead of secretary and then fade to black that i think that would be like a fitting end from what it sounds like i could live with that yeah it's it's a fun show uh, and you can't say that about cbs shows very often. nope nope it's true uh, now, normally I would go to ABC on here next, but I'm going to save that for last because there's something I'm very scared about on there. And Ooh. I think you will be too, Mike, if you know what I'm talking about already. I don't. Uh, but we'll, we'll come back to it because I'm scared to death <laughs> and oh, I don't man. want to talk about it yet. Oh, man. I'm not ready. <laughs> but I, don't know, I don't know what's we'll, happening. <laughs> well, we'll head over to the teeny boppers though, over at the C-Dub and, Yay. uh, the other only new sh- uh, show on Sunday nights is on the C-Dub, and it's one we kind of touched on a little bit. I believe it was in the uh, the midsummer or midseason review because some news came out about it. The uh, the Batwoman series on the C-Dub. Oh, yes. Sorry, uh, Ruby Rose, I think her name is. Yes. Or whatever her name is. Yeah. The one that's apparently gay, but not gay enough to play a gay superhero. Right. Yeah. There, there was, uh, there was some, uh, weird, bizarre backlash about that, uh, um, earlier in the year when, uh, when their casting was, uh, was announced. So, um, yeah, it's weird. I, I'm not going to watch it. Um, not because of like any weird general principle, but I just, I don't, I don't need it in my life. I, I like Batwoman as a character, um, which, you know, not, not to go down this weird, uh, comics rabbit hole is completely, a completely unique character from Batgirl from, uh, Barbara Gordon. Um, yeah. you know, a completely different, uh, uh, character, uh, go, uh, seek out those comics, uh, from, uh, Greg Rucka, uh, really good stuff. But, um, yeah, I, it, I, I was kind of like on this weird Island by myself where I, 
uh wasn't bothered by the casting i mean i mean ruby rose is fine it's like i don't i i don't i don't really feel a polarization uh one direction or the other um the the suit is looks she fine cool. though because i mean i i saw that trailer and it's like they let her act she 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 calls herself an actor yeah like some of the stuff she was doing was like oh my god at least put some emotion into it try at least make me try and feel something here i i don't feel anything here <laughs> yeah yeah and and yeah i i can't dispute that and that's why it's kind of a pass for me um i i do think the costume looks pretty cool it does. um because yeah i mean you, it, it's not often that you get to see like a a bat family suit uh mm-hmm. done well um so yeah i mean so you got that which which is fine but yeah no i'm I, i'm passing on this one uh well hopefully not too many people pass on it because uh, it's gonna be the lead-in for uh, Supergirl which is on what it's fourth or fifth season now something like that something like that and I I I kind of unintentionally jumped off uh Supergirl a couple seasons ago um not because I you know disliked it but it was like um um there was a a crossover that kind of messed up the schedule. And I think, um, I think maybe there was like some rescheduling or preempting or something like that, but more or less I got out of it. And by the time I got back into it, uh, there had been like another half dozen episodes that I had missed. Um, and yeah, I was just so far behind that. I just never really, uh, got back to it, but we, we were talking about costumes a little bit earlier, Dave. And, um, one, one interesting note about this season of Supergirl is that Supergirl is getting a new costume. Um, and you know, uh, most folks are familiar with the kind of traditional, uh, Supergirl outfit, right? It's basically like a Superman outfit, but she's got a skirt on. Yeah. Well, this uh, this season through, um, you know, more or less, uh, um, you know, I know uh, actress uh, Melissa Benoist uh, uh, voice, voice some concerns, but also just with the direction of the plot, more or less uh, Supergirl's getting pants. Yeah. And um, I, I, I got to say, the costume doesn't look bad. I, I got I got no problem with it. And I I'm not one of these weirdos that says, oh man, well, you know, if it's hashtag not my supergirl if she's not wearing wearing a skirt. And from everything that I've seen is that, you know, it's it, it kind of reflects a uh maturity that that the the character is taking, you know, more serious tone and really quite frankly and and again not to be super gross here but i think i've always thought it was kind of weird and maybe a little lecherous <laughs> for a a character uh that can fly uh to wear a skirt i mean that that's yeah that that's just that's just asking for the uh uh for the for the troglodytes to to come out, and I would imagine that's the crowd that would be upset by Supergirl getting a uh, a costume that features pants. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I I'm totally fine with it. I'm still not necessarily going to um uh, watch the show. However, and I and I don't I don't know if this is going to come up later in context. Uh, with uh, the other CW shows. But one thing I do want to briefly mention that I am going to be um, uh, in the bag for is, uh, so so this is the last season of Arrow. And yeah. to kind of commemorate that, uh, they've, uh, they, they've done these uh, um, crossover 
uh, miniseries things where it's like, you know, part one is Supergirl, part two is Arrow, part three is Flash. Uh, they're, they're doing a couple few things uh, that are that are kind of neat. I don't I don't know if the new Batwoman show ties into this or not. Uh, but the uh, but the new Black Lightning show will be participating uh, for a, a for the first time, along with Legends of Tomorrow and Flash and and the Arrow and Supergirl. But anyway, they're they're um, the theme of this year's crossover is uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and for DC Comics fans, that's that's a storyline that is incredibly important and means a lot to a lot of people. So, and it's, it's a, a multiverse adventure and in keeping with, and this is very shrewd on, uh, Warner brothers and DC and, and the C dub, um, you know, over the years, uh, they've kind of accidentally amassed a multiverse with all these different versions and takes of the characters. So they're doing something really special uh, this time around. They are bringing back various uh, actors that have uh, uh, played characters in the past. So like, for example, uh, Brandon Routh, who played uh, Superman in uh, the Superman Returns movie. Um, he is coming back and playing a multiverse version of uh, Superman, the uh, Kingdom Come version, which that's Ooh. that that's that's another uh, comic story that that is is really kind of seminal and important to folks. So so he's not the Superman Returns Superman. He's he's Kingdom Come Superman, which is which is really rad. And you've got uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville uh, coming back as Lex Luthor. Um, you've got a uh, you've got Burt Ward <laughs> of all people, you know, who's who was Robin in the 1960s uh, uh, Batman show. Um, he's uh, he's going to be Dick Grayson, obviously an aged uh, Dick Grayson and there's um uh there there's a couple other uh uh folks I I think Linda Carter is going to show up as, as Wonder Woman and and maybe a couple others I can't think of off the top of my head but the one that and and this was announced a couple months ago at this point but the one bit of news that I I swear I kind of got almost a little a little choked up about um they're bringing in uh Kevin Conroy to play Bruce Wayne, not necessarily Batman, but uh, but uh, to show up as because I mean he's an older guy at this point, but to show up as uh, as Bruce Wayne in live action. Now, for um, for anybody that's been living under a rock for the past uh, you know twenty five years, uh, Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman and Bruce Wayne in Batman the Animated Series, and for a lot of folks of a certain age. Kevin Conroy's voice is the person that we hear, whose voice we hear when we read uh, Batman comic books. Uh, Kevin Smith has said that a lot, and I've kind of co-opted that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's like so. Um, anytime that there's a discussion about you know who uh, is the most iconic Batman actor, and people are arguing about you know uh, uh, Michael Keaton versus Christian Bale, and there's usually somebody, usually me, that that goes knocking on those tweets saying like, uh, yeah, no, Kevin Conroy is uh, is my Batman, and um, you know, it, it's been kind of like a weird uh wish fulfillment thing for you know for fans 
for you know years, decades even. It'd be like, wouldn't it be cool if you could get Kevin Conroy to somehow be Batman in live action? It's like, oh well, you know, he's too old, or he doesn't fit the type, or you know, all all of the other excuses. Until this this dumb man, I'm getting choked up about it. The uh, until uh, they do this this Crisis on Infinite Earths thing, and yeah, Kevin Conroy is going to be uh, Bruce Wayne in live action, and for that move alone, aside from all the other cool stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna set my DVR and I'm gonna watch this crossover just to see what they do because. Um, you know, uh, our our friends at uh, uh, in, in the DC Extended Universe or whatever the hell they're calling it with uh, with their DC movies haven't really been able to crack the code. Uh, yeah, the last couple movies were okay. You know, Shazam was fine and and Aquaman was uh, was pretty decent. Uh, both of those were really good course corrections from uh, Justice League and and Batman v Superman Dawn of the Rise of the R-rated Justice Carnival um mm-hmm. anyway you get the idea they haven't been able to crack the the code but they figured it out for this it's like what what a treat to throw all of the fans a bone i mean i mean criminally burt ward come on <laughs> and i and i just i i just i just think that that's really neat and and I would imagine that most of these are probably just going to be extended cameos at best. I don't I don't think that like, you know, that probably the Kevin Conroy thing is probably going to be one scene and they have to go to like that universe's Batcave and they see like, you know, old Bruce Wayne or something. And but it would still be like a, a good Easter egg or a good uh, feel good moment for for people like you who yeah. who see him that way. So it'd be worth it at the end. Yeah, I think I I think that would be totally rad. So so that that's um that's kind of all I have to say about <laughs> the 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 C dub uh superhero offerings. Um, well, but I'll, at- I'll throw I'll throw in one. Uh, would you be Would you th- say it would be fair to say that DC is the opposite of Marvel? And what I mean by that is Marvel can't get the tv right like it's not the best tv but their movies are on point whereas mm-hmm. dc they've had that opposite uh of the spectrum basically i i i do agree with that in principle um you know there, there's a lot of marvel tv that's pretty good you know it's like you know like the 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 former netflix stuff uh, was pretty yeah. solid um agents of shield when it was good was pretty good um the uh the last season was was uh hot garbage and uh, <laughs> and and I was bamboozled because I was told at some point that that was going to be the final season uh but no they they got picked up for one more season so they're coming back for season 7 next year uh, also right. like a shortened summer run type of episode but it's like come on man just just end it a- anyway right. um <laughs> yeah no I, I i i do agree with that notion in principle dave and i i you know for some reason the issue i have with uh the cw offerings is that they're um god and this this sounds weird um they're not for me and what I, what I mean by that is that they they're packaged for the teen audience, which is yeah, fine. It's that it's that teen angst drama, basically, yeah. with superheroes thrown in. Yeah, and and so I I but I'm not mad at that. You know you know what I mean? It's like it, it's okay for something to be an audience that's 
you know, not me. I, I'm okay right. with that, but there's, but like, I, I, I remember a couple years ago and this, this kind of became like, kind of like a weird viral thing, uh, back at the college radio station for, for a hot minute. Uh, the character of wild dog, yeah. um, uh, actually showed up on, uh, on arrow Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we were so excited about it. And it was like, oh man, Wild Dog's going to be on Arrow. He's got, he's got the camouflage pants. He's got, he's got the hockey mask. He's got the jersey. He, he's, he looks like Wild Dog. He had the shock gloves. <laughs> he did have the, so, so yeah. So, and, and then I watched like a couple episodes. And I'm like, this show is not good. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hang with it. So even the addition of Wild Dog, and I didn't necessarily care for, for their 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 take on his character either but um but i mean i mean say what you will about these uh cwdc shows their costuming is always on point and yeah that that wild dog uh uh costume looked really cool again very comic accurate um you know the batwoman costume looks really great uh supergirl with pants that uh that outfit looks really cool um so yeah i mean so they figured that out but yeah it's yeah i don't um for whatever reason, those those shows just never really uh, resonated with me. So I so I never really latched onto it. Gotcha. Well, uh, I think we wrapped up pretty much the whole Arrowverse plus in that in that little uh, segment there. So that's a good thing. We could probably breeze through the rest of the CW as we come to those days. But uh, mm-hmm. thank you for uh, extending the pain a little bit more for ABC uh, before we head over there. So let's go ahead and do that now. Um, America's Funniest Home Videos comes back with uh, with Carlton Banks coming back to host again. Oh yes, that's right. You, you know what? You you earn that paycheck, Alfonso Ribeiro. Good for yes. good for him for getting work. I happy right. for him. Right. Uh, that will be the lead into uh, the return of Kids Say the Darndest Things with uh, Tiffany Haddish as the host. And I I am not here for this. Nah. Who is this for? Why why do we still have kids saying things that are funny? I mean, yeah, it's cute, but YouTube is full of them. Why do we have to watch on on Sunday Night Network TV? Well, if you if you pull at that thread, then that's also a takedown of America's Funniest Home Videos, which is basically just YouTube. Uh, but I I I'm okay with Alfonso Ribeiro uh, uh, being gainfully employed and and not out on the street. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, and it, it's. It's um I, I guess these kind of programs are just for folks that are too lazy to turn off their TVs on a Sunday night. Um uh, and you know, and it and it's safe. It's but yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be like appointment watching. Like like for example, I don't know I don't know if anybody actually like sets their DVR for America's Funniest Home Videos, but maybe if it's on, say, oh, I don't know, maybe after a football game or something like that, and you know they just happen to be flipping through channels. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to defend this way too hard, but that uh, that kid say the darndest things reboot. Keep it. Well, it's going up against uh, Batwoman, Godfriended Me, uh, Football, and The Simpsons. So it's it's not like it's going to have an easy time either to try and draw people away from that. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and that and that's the thing too. I I I I don't think it's it's. And this sounds dumb, and I don't know how to exactly substantiate this, but I don't think it's there to be competitive. I I think it's I think it's there to keep the meters moving. You know, it's yeah. just it's just kind of to have programming 
on the station should somebody flip over. But that's that, that that's just a weird thing on my part. I could be wrong. Well, uh, that doesn't bode well for what comes up later in the night. But before we get to that, uh, Say the Darnest Things goes into Shark Tank because that makes sense in some world somewhere. I, well, it does make sense to a point because I think you brought this up in our yeah. last recording attempt. Uh, the kids are in bed by nine. Exactly. And, and I think that's exactly what it is. It's I, and, and people do tune in, tune in for Shark Tank. They do. Um, it, it's got a following. It's got an audience. So and and if I remember correctly, I believe that's the time slot it's had for years. It is. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing, too. There's been some pretty good products that have come out of that, too. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, there's been, uh, and I like that. It's the you see it on Sunday, buy it on Monday. It's like the old NASCAR philosophy went on Sunday, buy on Monday. I mean, it, it, it is a really good show for what it is and it's stayed very uh popular in that nine o'clock time slot on mm-hmm. sunday nights yeah for sure so here's where i'm scared because I w- i'm hoping that popularity keeps it going into the 10 o'clock hour because there's a show that we that was your show of the year like your most anticipated show of the year last year and it was one of my uh most look- looking forward to as well uh nathan fillion as a 40 year old rookie in la as a cop Mm-hmm. They moved this to Sunday night at 10 p.m. after Shark Tank. I don't get this move, yeah, like, at all. It, it's <laughs> a very bizarre move, and and maybe the uh, the the rationale may come to us as we go through the rest of the week. Um, you know, like in terms of other moves as well. Um, I, I yeah, it it it's odd because I I hope that shark tank is a strong enough lead in and folks will stick around. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if the majority of the audience is going to be, uh, DVRing it. And, um, yeah, because I, I, I remember, uh, even though it was, uh, my most anticipated show of last year and was, you know, basically like my, my padlock. I like this show type of thing. Um, there, there was a, uh, span of time where I had like a weird DVR conflict and ended up catching up on it later. There's also a conspiracy theory in me that thinks if they, if they exile it to Sunday night at 11 PM, Maybe it's just going to be by itself so folks can just scoop it up on the DVR and and not necessarily have to deal with uh, conflicts from other uh, programming. I don't know. Well, it may be a conflict for you because it's up against uh, Madame Secretary, soon to be president. So that there is there there might be some conflict with the uh, with the old people's network on CBS. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and and that and that's just a reminder that television shows are on at eleven o'clock at night. Yes. What the <laughs> hell? Who is watching TV <laughs> right? at eleven o'clock at night? Because um, yeah, I mean, very rarely do we watch TV live. Um, you know, I mean, obviously football. Um, or, you know, some, some other sports du jour, but football, um, and, you know, uh, you know, since, uh, since we're recording this at kind of like the, the beginning of, uh, middle of September, you know, kind of tail end of summer, uh, big brother is still on. So we occasionally watch that live. Um, but outside of that, yeah, very rarely, I mean, even like your competition shows, like, you know, America's got talent or, or whatever, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, 
will watch it um, uh, on DVR. So, yeah, it, for for me, whether we can watch a show or not is largely determined by what it's conflicting with. So as long as I don't have a third show uh, competing for my my DVR space, I, ca- I can record two shows at the same time. So I can I can get my Madam Secretary and I can get my rookie. But if you throw if you throw a third thing in there, I'm screwed. <laughs> No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Write into the mailbag at mikecyberradio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. That That is going to be the uh, the Sunday night. Um, definitely going to be watching The Rookie. But Monday night, um, there's a couple new shows on here. There's a couple shows I have no idea why they're doing them. We'll get to those in a minute. Sure. But first, uh, we'll head over to the Fox Network on uh, Monday at 8 p.m. The return of 911 for a third season, which uh, I've been enjoying the hell out of for what it is. It's not a good show. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend it is. It's not. It, it's campy. It's cheesy. It, but I enjoy it for what it is. I like sure. this kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm not going to watch it. I haven't watched it, but I um, uh, just watching like the commercials for it where it's like this poorly computer generated tidal wave that yes. washes over this this beach and the and the poorly computer generated earthquake that ravaged the uh, uh, the, the small digital town of Los Angeles. Uh, the thing that I didn't realize is I thought it was meant to be serious and earnest and all that, because like I think. It's it's second season, right? A uh, third. Third. Okay, so I think like when it started, I think we were kind of sold as like, hey man, this is like a real show. You know, it's the adventures of you know nine one one operators and how they help first responders save lives and all that stuff. No, that's not it at all. It's a it's it's a freaking camp fest, and it is. And I I I really honestly kind of wish that the advertising would sell that better because I think. If audiences knew that, I think they might be more inclined to uh, to give it a chance because they, it, it it felt to me at least they're trying to compete with like the Chicago block or that mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is incredibly earnest. And we'll we'll talk about that in due course. But oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I didn't realize that there was there was campy fun to be had. Well, uh there was one part that was not uh, CGI'd or or uh, altered in any way. Apparently, uh, former WWE Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey made some uh, some cameos on this upcoming season. Oh, and she had a little bit of an accident. Now uh, the pictures are out there if you want to see them. Uh, but she apparently had some freak accident where she fell and damn near sliced her finger off. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the pictures like her fingers like hanging there, pretty much by a few tendons. That's Ew. about it. Yeah, um, it was reattached. She's obviously gonna have to go through some therapy for it, physical therapy to get the strength back and get the nerves back uh, up to par. Probably before she gets in a ring again. So yeah, um, I know she was talking about also taking time off from wrestling to start a family. That's been a rumor going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wish her, of course, the uh, the, the speediest of recoveries because that looked very nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm making it a point to not look at the pictures because just hearing you describe it has given me jeebie-heebies. No thanks. Yeah. I- I usually try not to, but then my morbid curiosity gets the best of me. It's like, like whenever I hear of a, oh, that there's a bad broken leg, the bone's sticking through. It's like, okay, I'll look at it. 
I wish I didn't. I hate myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, 911 is going to be leading into a, a new show on Fox. And this one looks interesting. Uh, Prodigal Son. Yeah. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is in it. I couldn't get, I forgot to write down the names of everyone else who was in it. But it's basically like a profiling uh, crime drama kind of thing. Where a son of uh, an alleged—I want to say serial killer—if I'm—if I'm saying yeah, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my understanding. Yeah, that was mine too. Uh, is has become like a, a detective or investigator, something something along the police work, and mm-hmm. he kind of has to work with this psychopath of his dad. At least that's what it seems like. Yeah, he, to try and to try and uh, catch other killers that are out there. Exactly. So yeah, so he's a uh, criminal psychologist um, and, and is played by uh, Tom Payne of The Walking Dead. I'm assuming that character is no longer amongst the living on The Walking Dead because now he's on this Prodigal Son show. Um, I don't think anybody on that show is still alive. <laughs> I, I really don't. I think they're all zombies at this point. Oh man. But yeah, so it, it's really kind of like a a father and son uh, crime fighting duo thing if the uh, father of the titular prodigal son was uh, was Hannibal Lecter, basically, Um, which I I, I think that's a I I think that's a a cool enough um, uh, concept. I I think that could be fun. Yeah, the premise looks good and I'll definitely check it out. I don't know how long I'll give it. I'll give it like a couple episodes, but if it doesn't grab me, it, it's going to go in the trash in my DVR. So sure. hopefully this works out a little bit better than uh, Maggie's uh, new venture did last year. R.I.P. Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> oh, stop it with that. It's not coming back, Dave. You, get te- dream, damn you it. <laughs> and all of your friends. It's no, it's 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 over. Let it go. Let it go. Well, speaking of things that need to be let go, <laughs> over on NBC, what season like thirty of The Voice? I, I don't even know. Oh, what season good on. lord! Why <laughs> is that still a thing? Yeah, I don't know. But so, uh, apparently, there's two new coaches again. I, I don't even know. Yeah, so so gone is Adam Levine. One one of Finally. the. Yeah, finally. So yeah, so he he's gone to a uh, uh, maroon heaven, a uh, maroon five heaven. So now you have um so so you have uh, uh Blake Shelton who is th- you know the other OG. Um, yeah. I I thought the two of them were gonna ditch as a pair because for the longest time they were kind of the bookends. Um. Literally, they were on the opposite side of each other. Exactly. Literally. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I, I, I think I figured out what uh, what's keeping old Blake around. And one of the other coaches is his uh, current wife, uh, Quinn Stefani. Yes. So, and then also you've got you got yourself a Kelly Clarkson, and I think uh, who is the other coach? I want to say it's John Legend. Which it is. Which I don't got anything uh, bad to say about him. He's fine. Well, I mean, his wife was uh, a judge on that Bring the Funny show over the summer. Yeah. So I, I kind of see that what they're doing there with that. They're trying to bring in like couples and let them do their things, which is which is cool. I mean, they're getting work. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. And and I tell you, between uh, her being a judge on Bring the Funny and and her uh, her work on the lip sync battle, I, I have an appreciation for Chrissy Teigen. I did not realize that I have. She's she's actually pretty funny. She um, is. Where, whereas I, I just thought that she was just uh, vacuous and irritating. But I, I 
couldn't have been uh, more excited to be more wrong. She's uh yeah, she's legit funny. But uh, but anyway, I I'm not gonna watch The Voice. I want to say I watched maybe like the first couple seasons, but I have singing competition show fatigue. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be back. I can't think of a single singing competition or anything that, that would bring me back. I just, I'm just out. I don't think anyone will blame you if you didn't go back. I mean, there's so many of them and they've all been on for so many seasons. I mean, we've seen all the gimmicks. We've seen all the stories just being replayed and replayed and replayed. It's time to let it go. Like you said about me with Whiskey Cavalier, it's time for NBC (laughs) and ABC to let these shows go off into the sunset. Yep. And let them rest. But the uh, the other the ahead. other side of it is that it's a safe format and it's relatively cheap. It is. That's the other thing too. I mean, these shows are cheap. Much like with the boom of reality television that came out of uh, the writer strike uh, back mm-hmm. in uh, uh, what was it, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and yep. then the other one in like uh, like twenty twelve, I think. Anyway, it's like um, you know if it, if it's cheap programming that's popular you may as well just keep doing it that doesn't mean i'm gonna watch it in fact it specifically means i'm not gonna watch it but i exactly i i can at least understand the economics behind it but that is going to be the uh the competition version of the voice uh two hour episode each monday night then tuesdays will be of course like the voting and stuff once they get into that round of things but uh, that two-hour competition version is going to lead into a new show on NBC that I don't know if I'm intrigued enough to watch it for the whole season, but I'm going to definitely mm. check it out. Uh, Jimmy Smith and Caitlin McGee starring in Bluff City Law. Yeah. I, I, I kind of leaning toward this one, and we'll get to another lawyer show that's uh-huh. on another network here shortly. But it, it, this looks good. Yeah, you know, I I agree, and I uh, I wasn't sure what this was until uh, recently. They they've started to push more uh, commercials of it more aggressively. I mean, look, I I'm I'm there for Jimmy Smith's regardless, right? Uh, but I I really like the concept of a a father daughter family story. You know, kind of like working as near as I can tell, like from like opposite sides of the bench. You know, kind of like a a prosecutor. Uh, defense attorney type dynamic and you know kind of them combining their power into like a family practice or some such like that but it it looks interesting in a way that i me personally i i've been i've been kind of ready for a good courtroom drama show probably since boston legal went off the air you know it's like i've i've I, I can do with a courtroom drama. I'm I'm fine with it, and I think this this might be that uh that that might fill that spot for me. Well, let's head over head over to CBS, uh, a show that I fell in love with, and it's again just like 911. It's one of those you know what you're going to get, you know what's coming, you're still going to laugh. At least I do. Uh, the neighborhood, sorry, Cedric the Entertainer and Schmidt from uh, The New Girl. It, it it's cute. It's funny. It, it, it does its job. Sure. I, I fell in love with it. Um, my only complaint is uh, I cannot remember the guy who played Schmidt in New Girl. His name is Dave. That might be another reason I like it. But he <laughs> smiles too damn much. That's like the only, only complaint I have about this. No matter what's going on, 
he's smiling like Smith does when he's hatching a plan on New Girl, basically. You know what? It, it's it's. I mean, and, and I think I think we've talked about this um, a, a couple few different times. It, it's not for me, but that's all right. It's all right. fine because yeah, it's like if you like it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it away from it. But you're you're uh, you're thinking of uh, Max Greenfield. Who uh, who that's plays uh, plays Dave? <laughs> I was John Mulaney for a second. I'm like, no, that's no. that's somebody else entirely. Um, but anyway, yeah, no. So it, I mean, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. That's pretty much all I can say. But the next show, and this is one I will judge you if you like it because why is this even a thing? Mm. Who came up with this concept? Who thought it was a good idea? Who tested this? And who wrote scripts for this? Oh my God! Tell me more. What What's going to happen? Bob Hart's Abishola. <laughs> oh right. Yes. Good God. We talk about Alfonso Ribeiro and how we're happy he has work. Why is Billy Gardell getting work? <laughs> I almost <laughs> called him. Opposite. <laughs> I almost called him Kevin James, and I uh, I I don't regret that because they they can they can sit in the bin that bin together. Yeah, um, but yeah, interchangeable. They're transformers. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 sir is is. <laughs> Don't besmirch my transformers. That's I apologize. But, but anyway, so I mean, so the, there, there's a lot that kind of frustrates me about this show because I guess it's supposed to be a a sitcom about like the immigrant experience or something, or at least that's what the advertising is is trying to tell me. But I, but wait, there's more. There's also a heart attack involved on Billy Gardell's character's part that makes him see life in a new way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's so much going but, on here. Yeah, it's like if if you say so. Uh, all all's I all's I know about the show is that like he he like uh, uh, tries to give the girl socks or something like that, and and like he's the weirdo on the bus or something. It's like I just I to me this looks like it's like supposed to be like weird awkward humor, but I don't I don't understand who it's for. So for me, and, and I'm glad you touched on that, I got the heebies with some of the stuff that he was doing. Like, I, I got creeped out because it, it's, to me, it's almost borderline stalking what he was doing in the preview that I saw. <laughs> yeah, I, I just know there's a lot of socks. Uh, apparently, yeah. like, he's a sock salesman or something like that, which which between that and his mustache uh, is... Oh, is, God, is, that is, thing. <laughs> that, so, yeah, so it's already got, like, a creep factor of 11, but, yeah, it's like... and And I guess... The, the thing that really kind of works my nerve and maybe this is the the dumbest thing to to get Ben out of shape about a show but if you have a hard time pronouncing the title of your show and you can't say what other more or less how how do you write down I mean because like I I have it here in my in my TV guide uh, fall preview magazine and it's printed as, Bob Hart Abishola. Yeah. So, and it's like, what, what the fuck is that? And it's yeah. like, I, you know, uh, call it Bob loves Abishola or something like that. But like, you know, using like a, a heart symbol and apparently it's plural because Bob hearts Abishola. I just, I, uh, of all the dumb things that I get worked up about, this is a dumb thing that I'm getting worked up about. It, it really bothers me. Well, let me set your mind at ease. I agree 100%. I actually wrote it down on my notes, Bob Hart, the word Hart, Abishola. Yeah. Not Hart's Hart, because that's what it says on the title. 
And I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's an emoji thing or whatever, but it just it just bothers me. And it doesn't even make sense because if it's an emoji thing, Billy Gardell is what, like 50 in the show. Right. Abby Shola doesn't look too young. This is all over the place in so many ways. And just now peeling back more layers of it, it's even more all over the place than we thought. Well, yeah. And, and apparently, like, it, it's I, I mean, I guess maybe it's like a fish out of water type of situation, but I don't know who the fish out of the water is because I guess, it, you know, like she's like an immigrant from Nigeria or something and she has like a quirky family and and he's got a family full of mustachioed white people. I don't, I, I don't understand. Don't forget the socks. And the socks. And yes. the mustache. <laughs> yes, it's... Yeah, of, of all the easy passes... Uh, this is probably the easiest of passes. Uh, I, I'm I'm not watching a stitch of this. I don't think Tom Brady had easier passes against the Dolphins this past week <laughs> than this show is a pass on. <laughs> Almost choked but, on my water. Uh, that was a good one. That's going to be uh, in, in the 830 slot after the neighborhood, though. Uh, that's going to be the lead into the other courtroom drama on TV Monday nights. All rise. Um, I didn't catch anybody who was in this show. Do you have that information by chance? Uh, give me a second. I didn't uh, recognize a damn person here. <laughs> I, I, or if I, th- I did, I didn't re- remember their name. I think it's a bunch of nobodies. But yeah, so this TV Guide magazine kind of sucks because it's it's um it's sorted by category. Oh God! So it's not even by day. It's not even by network. It's it's drama comedy so it's whatever so okay so um all rise uh that premieres on september 23rd the uh the new judge is played by where is now she's it? now while you're looking that up she's basically just got a judgeship and she's like this no nonsense wannabe judge judy from what i've gathered from the preview well, see, and it's interesting, and, and the actress's name is uh, uh, Simone Missick, by the way, and I don't know what else she's been in, but um, I I got an alternate take from the uh, uh, from the advertising, and Ooh. apparently, like, uh, she is kind of like you know brassy and no nonsense, but um, and they say this explicitly in in the uh, commercials they're currently running in rotation on CBS now that like you know it starts off with her saying like hey when i when you know when i when i say judge what do you generally think of you know usually like an old white guy or or that other tv judge you know obviously uh-huh. taking swipes at and she's like i ain't like that and then it kind of like pre uh, kind of goes into like some montage preview stuff where you know, it kind of gets into like this this uh, a mildly awkward conversation about representation and like, uh, you know, because like, you know, I, I don't see enough judges that look like me because, uh, you know, she's uh, African-American, obviously. And right. so, yeah, it's just kind of kind of weirdly uncomfortable Um uh, just, just from that perspective, this, this, I, and I, and I hate to lean on this as a crutch because I, the, the term itself as a cliche really kind of bothers me, but the, this, the, the, this feels like, like virtue signaling and kind of like, 
uh, message agenda based type of uh, type of uh, show and entertainment. And really, I, I wonder if this is something for the the quote unquote SJW crowd, if it's like, you know, for the the so-called uh, social justice warriors, it just it, it just feels it feels like it's a show made by white people to feel better about themselves because they're trying to capital S say something about diversity and rep representation. And um, it, it just, it, it, the, the hand is heavy for, for at least yeah. my observation. Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't seen that preview yet. I was just going off the initial one I saw, but yeah, I may have to revisit that then if that's the case, but I, I might give it an episode just to see, but I don't think it's going to be the best uh, courtroom drama that's going to be on Monday nights by a long shot. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it looks like um, it's more about this, this new judge uh, kind of, you know, kind of learning the ropes, but also kind of wanting to uh, legislate from the bench also, mm. which I'm yeah. not specifically um, a fan of either, not to get too terribly political. But um, but uh, uh, the cast does include uh, Mark Helgenberger, uh, previously of uh, CSI. And I was it's oh. like, oh, hey, good for her getting work. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I this one's a pass for me. It's like uh and and not just because of you know my my uh weird discomfort of of uh message based uh entertainment programming but it just it just doesn't look appealing to me just you yeah. know it's th th there's nothing for me here and as you said it's like you know if there if there's another uh courtroom drama that 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 can give me some sexy jimmy smiths then i'm i'm there for that i mean that's that's what i'm going to watch there we go. <laughs> yeah, All Rise is going to be at the 9 o'clock spot. Uh, the lead-in to, uh, was it season three of Bull, I believe? With, uh, uh, ooh, with what's his name? With uh, Michael Weatherly, uh, uh, yeah. previously of NCIS. Um, maybe it's four? Or it's like three or four, I think. Three or four. Like that. I, yeah. Either way, I don't watch it. My wife watches it. But yeah, no, I, I just... Um, the, the concept is a little too kooky uh, for my taste. Michael Weatherly is charming enough, but I don't, I I don't need to see a show about Doctor Phil before he was Doctor Phil, and that and that's really what it is because, uh, prior to be being discovered by Oprah and becoming Doctor Phil as we know him, it, but the folks that do, you know, peace be with you. So, for the third or fourth year in a row, depending on what season they're on, I'm still mad it's not a Night Court spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. We we had that. Uh, we had that legislation already. Uh, that's, yes. uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on over to ABC for Monday nights. Now, normally I wouldn't talk anything Dancing with the Stars season 28. Oh, but sure. we had some breaking news over the last couple of days. Wow. And I know that's like the worst possible way to frame this. Oh, because of what no. <laughs> oh, my God. I just figured out what you were talking about. So uh, Christy Brinkley was scheduled to be on the uh, upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars. Until she had an accident in practice. Apparently she fell and, in her words, shattered her arm in a thousand pieces. Uh, so she's obviously going to be out for the season. Her daughter, uh, Sailor Brinkley Cook, is going to be taking over for her. And apparently she's oh. already uh, pretty much learned the dance from what uh, her mom has said on one of the updates. So good for her on that. But Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, as I'm reading this now, that that's exactly as it says on, on uh, this Parade.com article. Breaking. 
it was reported that Christy Brinkley, 65, broke her arm. It's like, oh, oh my God. Bad. <laughs> um, phrasing. <laughs> that's that's so <laughs> bad. Well, it was interesting because like that prior to this uh, uh, breaking development, the the more, uh, I guess, interesting and I'm using air quotes here on a podcast. Uh, the the more interesting news about that was uh, 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 the other casting decision. You got a, you got yourself a Sean Spicer on the Dancing with the Stars. And I I still even now do not understand the appeal in bringing in uh political figures um such as they may be or whatever uh to these kind of weird shows like like you had the mooch uh uh scaramucci he was on a uh, uh celebrity big brother for a hot minute uh, last year uh you had you had yourself uh amorosa on uh, on big brother as well and i just i don't understand the motivation in bringing in uh political figures for reality competition things well Going all the way back to the Celebrity Apprentice with uh, when President Trump, before he was president, having uh, Rob uh, Blagojevich on just before he went to jail, like literally weeks before he went to jail. He oh, was on that's the show. right. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was he was on Celebrity Apprentice. And uh, Trump was was talking uh, how good he was and how it was a shame that he was right through the mud and all this. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, man, you you talk about uh, you know, uh uh messaging and virtue signaling and and uh, I guess this would be the that that in reverse, but yeah, it, that it was, works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> was it was pretty cringy. I remember that. And I don't know. I I think that uh Dancing with the Stars has been a carnival for some time now. Um mm-hmm. I don't think it's meant to be a serious competition. I I've made jokes that like, well, I don't know where the quote marks are supposed to go. It's, you know, over dancing or stars right. um, because, yeah, it's always like, you know, uh, D, E and F grade, uh, quote unquote, celebrities. And um, I, I don't know what the appeal of it is. But again, it's I, I would imagine that a lot of these folks, these quote unquote stars could probably get um, signed very cheaply. So yep. again, I, I well, would I would imagine it's a it's a cost effective show that's surprisingly popular. Well, just uh, just to name a few other participants this year: uh, Kel Mitchell from Nickelodeon's All That, and Keenan and Kel is on this season. Oh, cool! A uh, couple of sports stars: Ray Lewis and Lamar Odom are in it. As you said, Sean Spicer, um, Mr. Uh, Dawson himself, James Vanderbeek is in it. Uh, the the woman who played uh, Meredith on The Office, Kate Flannery. Oh, sure. And, uh, of course, Christy Brinkley was set until she got hurt. But, yeah, those are just a few of the names. Um, yes. And that's going to be two hours. And that's going to be a lead-in to uh, – this is one of Becky's, uh, my wife's favorite shows, The Good Doctor. She fell in love with this show in season one and hasn't stopped. Yeah. I know how you are about doctor procedurals. They're not they're not your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's not my jam. And you know, the folks that like this show really like it. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's fine. It's uh it's not for me and that's fine too. But it, I, it, I, I don't a, have anything bad to say about it. Oh no, it, it's a interesting concept because of the the de- uh the stuff that they work into the show with him having his uh his autistic side and how that's helping him see things that others aren't able to see it, it's yeah it's a medical procedural with 
some extra stuff in there. I, I found myself watching some of them. And I may go back and like revisit the whole series one of these days too. Sure. And you know, I I I don't necessarily have um a lot of folks in my life that 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 um deal with autism. I, I know everybody struggles uh in different ways, but I I I guess if I do have one bad thing to say about it is that I I don't know if I specifically appreciate uh, autism being presented as a superpower, um, and and we and we and it's not specifically to uh the good doctor here. It's also, I mean, it was like a it was like a, a key plot point in the Predator. You know, the Predator still right. sucks, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and and there's there there's been a couple other things. You know, Ben Affleck as as the accountant in in that movie, and a couple other things where yeah, it's it it's strange that um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to necessarily go down a rabbit hole of autism because I, I know that um, I, I've heard that uh, folks on the spectrum do have, you know, kind of like a, a, a different awareness, kind of similar to how it's depicted on uh, on the show. But, yeah, I don't know. It just I, it, it does make me feel a little squirrely at times how how uh how autism is uh, is basically a superpower i can understand that side of things for sure um i i get what they're trying to do too they're trying to say mm-hmm. oh they're, they're they're not they can do things too i, I understand that yeah. that's like the message it is cringy if you say it like that and of course i don't that that's not my belief of course everyone's human everyone has their own struggles but I, I can see where you, where your side's coming from. Yeah, so. no, that, that that's just my scorching hot take. Yeah, you know, that's, definitely. Yeah, yeah um, I, I'm not trying to can, <laughs> trying to change can, hearts and minds here, but yeah, no, it's just it's just, it's just my weird I think hot we take. Can, uh, breeze through the CW. Uh, yeah. All American is on it not at eight, uh, leading into uh, the new season of Black Lightning as well. Nice and and All American. That's the football one, right? The the that is yeah. The the not Friday Night Lights. Um, did did you ever watch that? Because I I never did. No, I never did. I I meant to, but it kept falling down my list as more things came up. I'm like, yeah. Ah, if I get around go. to it, I get around to it. <laughs> it's gotcha. One of those. Like if there's nothing else on and I'm tired of watching, it, it's always Sunny Community or uh or Scrubs over again. I'll throw it on. <laughs> Call the Mike Cyber Radio Voicemail Hotline, 231-224-MIKE. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's 231-224-6453. Get off my lawn. So let's go ahead and move over to Tuesday. Uh, not much going on on Tuesday as far as new episodes, but... There's some uh, there's some time switching going on and night switching in in the uh, case of Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resident returns on Tuesday. Did you ever watch this one? I've tried, but I just couldn't get into it. I I can't get into it. My uh, my wife likes it. She likes it quite a bit. Um, I uh, to me it was just a lot of Bruce Greenwood yelling at people and mm. and and uh, so many references to uh, cutting. Because it's like whenever, whenever, like so, like they refer to surgery as cutting. It's like who said it was okay to cut him? You know that that kind of stuff. And it's just right. it, it was a weird vernacular that just kind of that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And again, I I get I, I I get worked up about dumb stuff, and I 
And I think I came into it like in the middle of season two or season three. Um, and yeah, my wife was just like, hey, man, just, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I'm watching it. You want to watch it with me? I'm like, sure. And then after that, I'm like, you can keep that. Um <laughs> Cause yeah, it's uh, and and we've talked about this in in other episodes too. It you know from a medical standpoint, it does get a little graphic for my taste. I don't, you know, like seeing like open surgery and things like that. It's not not my jam. Yeah, um, this doesn't match the movie. We we don't need to see that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of neat and clever how like because if I remember correctly, the the uh, the titular resident uh the the main character is like uh um like a combat uh medic and yep. more or less he uses like his uh uh field experience and and combat training to kind of um uh triage folks like i think in the episode that we watched uh there was like a power outage and like you know he creates basically like a a surgical suite out of you know leftover parts and stuff like that and it's like i'm like that's kind of neat but that's that's not something i need to watch every week right (laughs) uh well the resident is on at eight on Tuesdays and that's going to be leading into the final season and Justice Smollett less season of empire, which I believe is going to be the, uh, the guy that's producing or creating or directing. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but this, that's going to be his swan song was, uh, this final season of empire. Oh, so yeah, yeah see, he's, he's retiring to quote, focus on more important issues. What does that mean? It, it could mean a variety of things knowing <laughs> uh knowing who that came from <laughs> yeah it, not not to uh you know put a uh uh put you on the spot there but that that one just kind of that just I, I was like wait what is that <laughs> um yeah. but uh Ter- terrence howard yeah he says he's, he's done with acting after empire he's gonna probably become like a uh, social activist type uh, person like go around and hopefully be Al Sharpton without being Al Sharpton. Oh, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thank you for clarifying because I I wasn't sure if you were uh, referring to uh, star Terrence Howard or if you were talking about like the the show's creator. Um. Or yeah. So anyway. So yeah. So so that's that's interesting. Um. And I I wonder how much last year's controversy. Uh, influenced not only this decision to make this last the the last season of Empire, uh, but I thinking on it more, I wonder if that's in some way inspired uh Terrence Howard's decision to you know kind of kind of do some more uh, social activism or something like that. I I don't know. Well, good luck to him. Like I said, yeah. hopefully it works out for him, and uh, wish him all the best. But uh. That's going to be at 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, NBC, the Tuesday Night Live, looks pretty familiar. Uh, the voice results are on at 8 for an hour, followed by season 3 of This Is Us, which I cannot wait for. No, no, season, <laughs> season 4. Sorry, season 4 of This Is Us. Um, and this is one of the shows, I think we touched on this with another show earlier that's ending. I kind of like the whole, hey, here's what you're getting you're getting six seasons. That's it. I, I know I'll have like finality there. I know I'll yeah. have closure there. Um, over that, over the last break, uh, the, this is us creator said that there's only going to be uh, three more seasons, including this one coming up in the series. And 
you think we've been on roller coasters now? If you've seen this show, you think you've been on a roller coaster now? Apparently, we haven't seen anything yet. Oh, man. So I am excited about that. <laughs> oh, man. The crockpots are rising. Uh, they, no, they will have too soon. <laughs> they will have their revenge. <laughs> the the way it ended last year, I I have a feeling that they're already going to kill somebody off this upcoming season. Yeah, possibly as soon as the first episode. I don't want to get morbid, or and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I kind of see some bad stuff going down this uh, this opening episode of the new season. So as bad as that. This is going to sound. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, man. Blood bath, blood bath. Uh, and, and then they all decided to go to summer camp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they but, ran across uh, this, this dude in a hockey mask and the show was never the same again. That, right. <laughs> tell you that I get me to watch, though. Anyway, yeah. sorry. It, oh, no, you're good. Uh, no. So uh, this is us is going to lead into one of your i believe this is one of your favorite shows on yeah, nbc man. uh new amsterdam oh yeah you know that that was a uh, um that was one that grew on me um i i like uh ryan eggold uh, uh formerly of the blacklist um and, and, and the uh, blacklist redemption don't forget that <laughs> i wish i could wish i could <laughs> God, that, that show suck and it, it wasn't even like a good concept because it took like a bunch of uh misfit characters and tried to form them as like a team um and like have them as like like a spin-off crew. It was like it was like Legends of Tomorrow with uh with cast off uh blacklist characters. Which, so it was a suicide squad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. And it's like and I and honestly, I, I feel doing that because they wrote his character out of uh blacklist. So yep. basically like so once the spin-off uh got canceled, he was kind of up a creek. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a really weird situation and I think it, it really, it weakened both shows by trying to have a spinoff. It was, yeah, it was just, just a terrible experiment. Uh, but anyway, he's, uh, he's really quite good and I like the, uh, I like the ensemble. I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot in other shows, um, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good ensemble, and I think uh, other characters play off each other um, especially well. And I've I've kind of uh, warmed uh, to the concept of New Amsterdam being kind of like this this giant mega hospital that also has like a prison attached to it, yeah. um, because like you know they they've they they they've found some occasional plot meat there. Uh, but it was one of the few shows I think that I watched that had like actually like a really good cliffhanger. And, uh, yeah. so, so yeah, so basically you've got like a pregnant wife on the way to the hospital, uh, in an ambulance. Uh, he's in there also along with some other characters and there's like this, this, uh, uh, tragic car accident that looked really cool. They must've spent a lot of money on it because they flipped that ambulance over. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a really good crash. So, um, it's, it's one of those things where, you don't know who survived and who didn't. And, and they, and they even screwed around with the audience because you see people like, you know, getting dragged away on gurneys with white sheets over their face, but you mm -hmm. don't know who's who. So it's like, Oh my God, is that, well, well, Lou, the bus driver is super dead, but <laughs> I, I think a lot of it kind of did. Um, 
I I really haven't looked into like the casting for season two because I think if I did, I would probably have some like accidental spoilers uh, because it's like, oh, that character isn't on the cast anymore. So they only have one episode this season. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been kind of trying to stay away from that, but it's, uh, it's been a while since, uh, since a, a good old fashioned uh, cliffhanger kind of, kind of kept my interest. So I'm, I'm excited to see how they, how they resolve that. And I, I I think it's a decent little show. I, I'm, and I'm, uh, and and for me at least, you know, because you've heard me talk so much about how I'm not into medical related shows. There's there's enough other stuff going on. Um, you know, like like I said, there's there's that there's like a prison wing attached. So occasionally there's some you know uh, procedural drama to be had, and it's uh, it, it's not all doctrine, which is uh, which is good for me. But yeah, occasionally there is some graphic surgery, and I'm like, Ugh. I I'm anyway. kind of uh, just wondering how much NBC likes to uh, screw with this guy because I mean he had all the. The, the heartbreak from the, the blacklist and then him trying to redeem himself, he gets killed. Now yeah. he has his wife possibly about to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like They like torturing this dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and, uh, and I'm glad that he's game for it because he's, uh, he, he, he's really good. He's he's very uh, uh, charming and fun to watch as as an actor. Moving on, uh, we'll, we'll just get the CW out of the way because we've already talked about it. Uh, Flash and Arrow um, are 8 and 9 o'clock on the CW. I believe it's, I know it's the Arrow's... Uh, Last season is it also the Flash. Are they coming to an end soon too, as well? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay, so they're going to continue without Arrow yes. as their follow up uh, going forward after this season. Then correct. Okay. Um, over on CBS, it's the uh, acronym night: NCIS followed by FBI followed by NCIS NO New Orleans. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. um, so real quick, I tried watching FBI. I couldn't get into it. But I I just learned this last night, so this this oh. is kind of Christy Brinkley style breaking news. Um, apparently, someone broke their arm. No, well, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just making dumb jokes that you know dumb Dang callbacks it. are dumb. And well, no, apparently, uh, so Lucky and I watched uh, FBI together, and we both said, you know what, this is kind of lame, and kind of jumped off it because it's it's so it's Dick Wolf, right? So it's so it's. Um, law and order type yeah and but without neither the law nor the order it's just a lot of like fbi procedural stuff not a lot of action but not really enough procedure stuff to be interesting i found it very boring turns out lucky went back to it and didn't tell me so she so she's been watching it um uh for like for like the last handful of weeks uh kind of over the summer and she's like it's kind of okay i'm like is it worth me picking back up She's like, no, uh, but but apparently it's something about it that that she can't articulate kind of um, is something that's that's palatable enough for her to to sit with. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm not watching it too boring. I, I did also have a note on uh, NCIS, you know, for like their 38th season. Um it's it's interesting when actors and characters kind of get written out of a show and then they try to bring them back. Like we were just talking about Michael Weatherly 
you know, leaving NCIS to to go do Bull, and he seems like he's doing okay on that. Well, uh, this uh, um, over over the last several seasons of NCIS, you've seen a lot of original cast members gradually leave, and you know they eventually get replaced with with new characters. But this season on NCIS, we uh, for the first time in a while, we see a returning uh, cast member, uh, Cote de Pablo, as uh, uh, Agent Ziva David uh, uh, returns uh, to NCIS. That that was kind of like the big cliffhanger at the end of last season and was uh thinks it's a hallucination or a dream or whatever no uh, a character that was killed off uh killed off uh, uh off screen apparently is coming back so i don't i don't know about the uh uh the exact circumstances of that that'll probably be answered in the season premiere and then i bet you because it's ncis uh the second season of the new season will be pretty much the same as it ever was and will probably feel like it was just copied and pasted from a previous season. So it's, it's fine. Um, I mean, cause you know, you don't watch a show like NCIS for, you know, things like character development or plot progression or really any of that stuff. You're, you're just there because I mean, okay. So NCIS is the equivalent of mashed potatoes. Yep. And that's all it is. And you know, it it it's it's comfort food. It's fine. You know, it's, it's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it it's familiar, it's comforting, it fills your tummy. Um is it especially good? No, but does that make it specifically bad? No. It's yeah, it it's just there. So like, you know, we've um we've been watching NCIS for years. And it's fine, but I think the appeal is that it doesn't ask the audience of anything. It, it's it's not challenging. And I think it's okay for TV shows to be unchallenging, you know, yeah. or to be easier, you know, that you can just click it on and it doesn't matter what episode of what season, you know, and it and it's just there and it's fine. Whereas I think um it's it's a model that TV is kind of getting away from and more kind of the streaming model where it's very serialized storytelling. And sometimes it's like, you know, deeper and thought provoking. You know, you look, you look at something like, say, like Handmaid's Tale on, on Hulu or whatever, you know, something that, that really kind of like is like a thinker and challenges the audience or whatever. Um, I would submit that NCIS is there for the opposite reason. It's there for yep. you just just to watch. I've used this example before. Um, Family Guy did a joke many seasons ago where uh, Peter's watching an episode of Jag and Homer and Mac are deliberating and Mac just goes, what's the point? Is anybody even watching this? And then Harmless <laughs> at the screen is like, oh, yeah, got to keep the old people company. Hi there. Did you take your medicine today? Need help up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like that kind of same mentality with NCIS. Yeah. It's familiar. It's it's there. You know it's there and you're comfortable with it. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And and, and again, it's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm going to watch, but I would never hard sell anybody on it. I was like, you know what? You ought to try NCIS because, you know, it's got <laughs> engaging characters and it's high drama and, you know, it's it's cheap. It is yep. so cheap that like they, they film on one set at Universal Studios. I swear they drive by the Back to the Future clock tower at least once per episode. And it's yeah, but it's, you know, 
It's fine. We'll move on to ABC for Tuesday night. Uh, the Connors got picked up for a second season. Good lord! For some why? odd reason, <sighs> I wonder how much more they're gonna shove down our throat. Roseanne dying from the uh, overdose and other SJW style storylines that they had on there. I, I tried to watch a couple of episodes. I watched the uh, the initial episode. It, it was fine for what it was. It. it it did its job explaining her passing away and, and writing her off the show and stuff. But after that, it's just, it's not the same without her. It, yeah. Roseanne was not popular because of any other character on the show. It was popular because Roseanne was no nonsense at the time. Yeah. Didn't pull punches, didn't care, just told it like it was. Now it's like they're going the opposite direction. They're tiptoeing around things while going straight forward toward other things that they probably shouldn't. Yeah, it is very weird, and 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 I agree with with where you're going with that, Dave. Because yeah, it was it was incredibly progressive at the time, um, uh, aggressively so, like in, in yep. the way that you know, uh, good TV should. But in in this instance, it, it's like trying to be aggressively progressive, but without really saying anything about anything. It's all it's kind of like shock and no substance. And back then, it, I don't know if this is a fair representation. It was humble about it when when called out yeah. for being wrong. I don't see the Connors humbling themselves and saying, "Oh, we were wrong in this instance regarding like certain storylines." For example, that I have a feeling the Connors would turn full into the skid if they're called out on stuff. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm tracking. Uh, but the Connors leads off the uh, the Tuesday night block of comedies? Question mark. <laughs> um, it, after the Connors is blessed this mess, I, I kind of like this show. It has uh, Dak Shepard and uh, Lake Bell in it. It, it. It's big city folk get a farm and hilarity ensues. It's one of those kind of shows. It, oh, it's, gotcha. It's, it's pretty cute. Nice. Yeah, I haven't watched it, um, but I, I was going to say something else, but I don't. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> well, uh, going into uh, the nine o'clock hour. Now we're getting a spinoff, but we're getting the spinoff uh, airing before the show that it spun off from. And I'm all sorts of confused about that. Blackish is returning uh, at the 930 slot. But before that, we're getting the new mixed ish spinoff, which yeah. was, I believe, the mob from Blackish mm-hmm. telling her story of growing up as a member of the uh, of a mixed family with Zach Morris as the dad. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. And and again, speaking of people getting work, I mean, good for him. That's Yeah, uh, Mark Paul Gosler, good, good on you for still getting work with still your- Still getting uh, it done. With your, with your Zach Morris hippie look that you have in this show. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Good Lord, he looks like a hippie. He really does. Weird. <laughs> so yeah, so, so th- this- this is kind of like an interesting uh, predicament because it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Goldberg's slash schooled conundrum that um you know that that came out uh last year and incidentally are both of those shows coming back yeah I think? Uh, we'll get to those on okay. wednesday night oh and, when we get there okay but but that that has the the right order in my opinion mm-hmm. i i don't know if i agree with putting mixed dish the spinoff going into the show that spun off from i don't know if that would work for me yeah, that that seems rather odd because I mean, and again, skipping ahead a bit, uh, with uh, uh what they did last year with uh the Goldbergs leaning into uh, uh schooled, there there was like there was kind of like a a shared break where it was kind of like the last break of the Goldbergs ties into the plot 
of uh, what that episode of Schooled would be, you know, because it'd be basically like, well, hey, man, you know, this is a thing that happened in the 80s. But guess what happened in the 90s? New kids on the block. Yay. And Uh I thought it was like kind of a puzzling gimmick. I don't and I I don't know if I've seen this in in any other kind of conjoined show like this where it goes immediately into uh, the next episode. So you know, they, they set up the break schedule and stuff where, like, it really is kind of like a crosstalk shared break type of thing where you don't really have a uh, a tune-out spot because one episode kind of bleeds into the other. It, it's super weird. And I, um, I haven't watched either Goldberg's or Schooled on streaming, so I don't know what that's like. Um, if that even works and how they parse it out, but it's a, it's, it's an interesting gimmick that I think that could work, uh, with, uh, within the confines of blackish and mixedish. But like you said, Dave, um, the order is wrong. It's like, it's like there, there's, it, it seems like the move would be you, uh, set up the uh, uh something that happens in blackish and then and then you tell like a flashback story it's like hey and that reminds me of the time that you know like i i, I bought new kids on the block on on cassette or something i don't know mm-hmm. yeah well it could work in reverse now that you talk about that because uh that that end scene of Mitzdish could be the first scene for blackish like them coming out of the flashback oh sure doing whatever so i didn't think about ah. that I don't know if that would get old though after so many times. Well, and and you would have to kind of yeah, it, it's it, it's really weird because you would have to, um, yeah, you would just have to write it in because you would almost mm-hmm. have to write the shows together in kind of like a conjoined thing where where it's the Goldbergs doing more heavy lifting than Schooled does. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, really, it's it's the last break that sets up. Uh, the the upcoming episode of the new show, which is the way that you should do it if you're looking to launch a new show. But, you know, perhaps the reverse could be true also. But um, I I also wonder, there was a little bit of controversy uh, surrounding Blackish. Uh, I want to say maybe last year, um, the uh, the gal at, and God damn it, I, I don't have her name in front of me, but the, the lead actress, um, she kind of went on a uh kind of kind of a bit of a, a tear saying that she wanted to be paid equally what Anthony Anderson was being paid you know kind of like wow. in in a fair wage type of thing which on on one hand if you're like the co-lead that's fine um mm-hmm. so I, I I can understand that angle of it but he's also uh, the creator of the show and one of the writers and and whereas her contribution is is acting mm-hmm. uh, and and so I don't want to diminish that but I think maybe perhaps one of the things that was negotiated within the off season because I mean I don't know how involved she is with the show I don't know if she shows up for like flashbacks or a framing device or whatever but it seems like this might be a way for ABC to kind of, uh, for lack of better term, get her off their back and say like, well, hey, man, why don't we give you this spinoff show about your character? I mean, that that's 
probably not a far off estimate of what's going on. Cause yeah, um, I try to look and see if she has any credits on the show on mixed dish and I'm not seeing any actually, um, she is narrating it. Uh, the name is Tracy Ellis Ross, by the way. Oh, thank you. She, she's a narrator on it. I'm not seeing any like producer, director, or anything like that, or writer, uh, as of now, but that could change, you know, actors pick up directing roles or producing yep. roles throughout seasons. So, um, that is possible, but I hope it works this way. If it does, it could set like a new way of doing things for some shows like Goldbergs and school. They could flip flop if they, if they feel school would be a better lead in, which I don't know. Uh, right. I would say that, but just using them as an example. Sure. <laughs> but that's going to be the end of the, uh, the, the quote unquote comedy block on ABC for Tuesday night. And then we go yeah. into a new supernatural drama emergence. The only person I recognized out of this, I can remember was Turk from scrubs, uh, Donald Faison. Uh, I don't know if you have anything in your, uh, TV guidebook about this one. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, you know, I, I, I just, um, it, it's an easy pass for me because it's like, it, it's a weird supernatural show and, and the, the, the ad spots kind of creep me out and I'm just, I, I don't need it, but it, it is interesting where you can um, have comedic actors like uh, like Donald Faison's hilarious. He's he is, he is funny, <laughs> so it would be very interesting to see uh, what he does in a dramatic role. Um, and I forget where I heard this from. Maybe maybe it was uh, um, maybe it was Joss Whedon talking about uh, Firefly. I think it was. I think it was his remarks on uh, Nathan Fillion about like he does drama so well because he's such a great comedic actor. And mm. and uh, yeah, Joss Whedon said something about that like. Um, uh, comedic actors, there, there's something in there to where like they can they can turn it and and end up uh, putting out some really good uh, dramatic performances as well. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for Tuesday on network. I did write down uh, one on cable that I want to mention uh, on FX. Mayans MC, the spinoff of Sons of Anarchy, is returning for a second season as well. All right, Dave, uh, tell you what, I think this is good a spot as any to leave things for now, but you don't want to miss part two of our 2019 fall TV preview, including even more scorching hot takes you won't want to miss. But that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. The feedback really does help. Mike Cyber is produced by Dave Sanders and for my guest, Dave Sanders. My name is Mike. This has been Mike Cyber Radio. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Cyber Radio. Email us at MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.